the universe very rarely gives you an airdropped present. A lot of times we sit around here asking for manifestations to come in that truthfully we're not even ready for because the process of creating something or attracting something or becoming something, right, is becoming the version of yourself that has that thing, that can maintain that thing. So it does take work. It's not material work. It's not work about like going out and manipulating circumstances to bring something to you. So let's use the example of money. You want money and you think that you just like wanna win the lottery or whatever. Because the part of you that needs money and that is desperate for money is like, give me the most right now so that I can feel calm, right? You're trying to chase this feeling of calm that you think that only money can give you. But the thing is, when you chase money from that energy, you can't maintain it. So even if you do win the lottery, because you have that desperate relationship to money and you're terrified to lose it because you don't want to go back to the feeling of insecurity, then even when you acquire it, you can't keep it because your whole focus is on like the feelings of insecurity and of the not having. So and remember that like the universe speaks the language of attention, not of desire, right? You speak the language of desire. The universe speaks the language of attention. So if you are paying attention to that outcome, you're going to attract it. If you're really fixated on the fear of not having, then that's the only thing you see evidence for. And so that reality starts to like rise to the surface of the super composite. God, I hope the layers of this are making sense. So that's what shifts your attention to the reality in which you don't have enough money. So even if you do temporarily manage to align yourself with the reality of having a lot of money and say, win the lottery, right? Or get some other sort of large windfall, you're not going to be able to keep it because you're fixated on the reality in which you have lack. So you'll spend it very quickly or... If, you know, you'll make some stupid decisions and buy some dumb shit or, um, or something will happen. You'll attract like sudden unexpected bills. Like there will just be a reason that it, 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 that it quickly drains. And then you're fixated again on just like, I need to get that windfall again and then I'll be okay. Right. And so it keeps you in this like, um, pendulum swing back and forth between having and not having because the desire to have keeps you fixated on it enough to like draw it in but the the fear of not having is powerful enough that it rips it away right so these two parts of you are kind of like playing tug of war with your energy so the work of getting the thing that you want is way less about getting it on the material and it's more about aligning yourself with the reality in which you feel worthy of that amount of, of wealth, right? Or of material support. You have to feel comfortable in that energy. Now it's interesting. So one of the things that has like really started solidifying this teaching for me is, um, I, so I moved into this apartment, right? And it's the first apartment that has been like truly mine that I have ever paid for. Uh, I briefly lived on my own right post-college, but I was living with like a bunch of roommates paying like dirt cheap rent in like this rat infested or not rat infested, roach infested house. Um, 
So it was like not shiny or glamorous <laughs> uh, experiences, this windowless room. But I very much loved it at the time. Like I found a lot of romance in that place. But point being, it was like not really uh, optimal conditions. And it was also short-lived and it was a very dark period of my life. So there was not much rooting there and not much like exploration or expansion. After that, I, um, I lived with family for a long time and I like bounced around different places. And then the few times that I did live in apartments, they were very short-term sublets. Um, so I was in somebody else's space with somebody else's stuff um, or I was in Airbnbs. So I did not have a place that was like truly deeply my own to learn to cultivate and expand until now. So I move into this apartment with nothing but like two suitcases. And this apartment is like, it it was scary to me to commit to this. Like I've never paid this much for rent before. Um, And it just, it was scary to believe that I could and that I would be deserving of that and that it didn't make me bad to to acquire a home for myself, which is so crazy because it's like I would never judge someone else uh, for the home that, that they've chosen for themselves or that they've found and created for themselves. I'm, I only ever open up to that space with curiosity, right? Of, of what choices have you made here? Um, who are you? What are, the, what are the things that you keep around you, right? There's a lot of, of uh, curiosity in that way and, and an openness to that. But when it came to myself, it felt like it reflected Well, it felt like it was a reflection of my worth. And I suppose that this apartment is the first time that I had like asserted that I was worth more than a roach infested apartment. And after doing it, I was horrified, horrified. And all of the feelings of unworthiness rose up within me. And I thought, I'm a fraud for living here. I'm a bad person for living here. Something terrible is going to happen that's going to make it impossible for me to live here because surely this cannot be mine. And that went on for like a couple of months where I had a lot of difficulty feeling like it was okay for me to be here and feeling like I belonged here. And subsequently I would create these like dramatic experiences where, um, you know, for, for some reason, I would attract like more bills or I would click the wrong button on something and and that would, um, it would end up costing me more or I would waste money on something. I would buy the wrong thing. Like there was a lot of this like mismanagement of finance and also of my like time boundaries and my relationship to work. I would really mismanage everything to create this experience of lack for myself again. And then I would feel this pressure of like, I actually don't think I can afford to live here. Um, So I I very much was like expanding my, um, I was expanding what was available to myself. And then immediately in horror afterwards, I would restrict. Um, And can we see how this is actually like a binge and restrict cycle, but it's with money. So it's very interesting. You'll watch, we only really look at a binge and restrict cycle through the lens of, of, um, of food most predominantly and in general of substances, but we binge and restrict. Like if you have that, that imprint, um, that same energetic pattern will show up in many places. It will show up with relationship. It will show up with emotion. It will show up with, um, 
with money and material resources. It will show up with food. It will show up with all sorts of substances. Um, anything that you can expand or contract in your life, you will find that you do these dramatic expansions and contractions. Um, and it's typically, the contraction is typically motivated by unworthiness is a huge one, um, or a sense of, of shame. Um, but I think really under the core of that shame is actually unworthiness, feeling like I cannot have the thing that I want. So you go through this pendulum swing of I want, I want, I want, I desire, I desire, I desire, and then either punishment for having the desire or then um, trying to take the desire away from yourself, saying, no, you can't have that. We're like this inner parent handing the child a lollipop and then ripping it away as soon as they've tasted it. It's like, you might as well just not give them the lollipop at all at that point. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I moved in and I went through this binge and restrict cycle, but I have now begun to feel comfortable in the space and allow myself to have the space. But now what's interesting to observe is my relationship to acquiring objects for the space. So like I said, I moved here with just two suitcases. So I didn't have any housewares, which is funny because I had some that I left in Pennsylvania, but something about this move needed to be a, a nearly fresh start um, in, in most ways. So I only was able to bring some clothes. And at this point, those clothes are, are needing to be phased out as well. So this is a complete... I guess for the most part, there are a few books that I brought, a couple of like important objects, but for the most part, everything got left behind. Um, so this has been a real like start from scratch moment. So I've had to acquire things for the space and it's been very slow going. Now, partly because of the financial restriction, as I said, so that has made it difficult for me to acquire objects. But what I've realized today is that... <laughs> It's not actually so much that I have been, um, the, I was using the money as an excuse. So I was blaming my lack of, of attraction of material resources on a lack of money, which I then was creating through like a lack of work and a lot of blocking. And like I said, this over, over indulgence in certain areas. So it was a falsely created experience of scarcity, but nevertheless, I was blaming the lack of resources flowing in specifically on the channel of money, um, which I personally was restricting, right? So I was like, I can't do any of that because I don't have money. But then I was the one who was like holding myself back from having money. But actually, it had nothing to do with the money. It was happening across the board. I was not allowing things to flow to me uh, because I did not know how to feel uh, comfortable with them. So the reason that this changed is that yesterday my partner came home with a, a chair that she had found for free uh, that was being given away by a school that was either moving or, or closing perhaps. But either way, they had a, a number of school supplies and furniture and things that were, um, that were free for the taking. And so she comes home with this chair and it's a beautiful little like leather armchair um, that it, like it, it's sort of the kind that would be in like a waiting room, like a nice waiting room. Um, anyway, it's a really lovely piece of furniture and she brought it home and I was so delighted to see it because I had just been thinking a few days prior that um, I thought in addition to us needing a couch, which we also don't have yet, um, we will need a, an armchair. I would like to have an armchair. And I thought, you know, I think a leather armchair would be best. 
Um, and I had looked a little bit on Facebook marketplace, but I just hadn't seen anything that I liked. So I said, okay, well not right now. I'm not worried about it. Um, it's not the top of my priority list. And then I let it go, right? I completely released. And then my girlfriend out on a walk stumbled upon this beautiful leather chair free for the taking. And she brought it home. And so <laughs> here, here we see the co-creation between her and I and a manifestation, which often happens that way because my girlfriend is very receptive and she also is a randomizer. She will often leave her, her circle of um, routine um, and, and open herself up to walking down new streets, right? Or having a new conversation with a new person. So she's very expansive, Sagittarius, um, and very receptive. So she, she is very observant and she notices things and she picks up on signals. So it oftentimes will happen actually that I will set a manifestation and she will end up receiving it on my behalf and kind of like bring home the delivery, uh, which I love, right? That it's such a dream. I don't even have to acquire my own packages. But with that being said, and that's how the universe works. The universe takes the path of least resistance. So if you are more resistant, but your partner is more open, then things will oftentimes probably flow through your partner to you. Um, as opposed to directly to you, but you can also work on becoming more receptive um, and, and releasing some of that resistance. But just know that whenever the universe delivers something to you, it will take the path of least resistance. So sometimes it's, the, it's not always the most obvious choice because if you have a lot of resistance and you're focusing your attention on a particular stream of manifestation, the universe will oftentimes deliver something to you in an alternative way because there's less resistance there. So again, let's take the, the example of money. If you like, or let's take the example of the chair. Let's say I decided that I really did want this chair and I had like picked out a chair that I wanted to purchase. And then I was like, I had my eyes really fixated on needing money to be able to purchase this chair. But I have a lot of resistance, let's say, around um, generating money. So I'm really fixated on like, I need the money to get the chair. And the universe is like, well, I'm not going to give it to you in that way because you're really making it difficult for me to hand it to you in that way. So I'm just going to deliver you a free chair. Um, so see, it like sometimes comes through a back door and you have to be open to it. The other thing that I'm noticing. So the thing about this chair is that I think it's actually quite an expensive chair um, or not like it's not crazy, but I think it's like a $300 chair or so. Um, so it's a, a nice piece of furniture. It's a quality piece of furniture. It's not like an Ikea piece. Um, no shade to Ikea, but it just like, it's a solid piece of furniture. And like, if they put this in a vintage store, they would, they would up charge it a lot. Um, so beautiful piece of furniture. And I was looking at it and realizing that I, I think at this point, it's the nicest piece of furniture that I own. I mean, I think it is. I don't own very much furniture right now. The things that we have in here are some plants, some Ikea bookshelves, some mattresses on the floor, um, a children's Ikea play table that I found at a thrift store for $7, a fold-up desk. And the only thing that's like a genuine piece of furniture, I have these three orange bar stools, but they're very cool, but I don't know that they are like high quality, if that makes sense. They're like, they're good. They're nice. Um, but I, I don't think that they're as high quality as this chair. So this is the nicest, the like objectively fanciest piece of furniture that I own. So it stands out from the other objects in the room to me. And I'm having a funny time relating to it because I love it. And also 
it feels unusual to look at that object and be like, oh, you are in my home, right? I have collected you. And what I feel that that chair might say about me, which is very different from what I think the other objects in this room say about me. So it's very, very interesting. And in observing that reaction from myself, what I'm recognizing is that it's not that there's an inability for me to fill this space very rapidly <laughs> with, the, um, with the kind of objects that I would like to be in this space. It's more so that I, I don't yet know how to feel comfortable in the reality of this, this home being fully furnished. So it, each time we've acquired a new object, I've had to bring it home and it's taken me a moment to adjust to it being in my space, to begin to feel normal with that thing in my space again, as opposed to this like incredible novelty. And I have no complaint about this. I'm kind of enjoying the slow pace um, and of just collecting things bit by bit here and there and, and gradually watching the space come to life. I'm really enjoying that process. But what I'm observing today is that I am making that a slow process that could come in at a much faster rate of speed if I could become comfortable more quickly with the idea of this fully realized home. And the other thing that I'm recognizing with all of that is that my home not being ready has also become my excuse for not emerging out into the world here more. Um, so in the same way that I said that I part of the delay to allowing myself to feel at home in this space has been how I feel about finances. So two, um, the, the way that I feel about allowing myself to feel home at home in the city is dependent upon allowing myself to feel at home in my space. So I've been creating this domino effect of saying, well, that can't happen until, that can't happen until, that can't happen until. So I'm creating all of these conditions to different desires playing out and different manifestations flowing in. And so it begs the question, what would happen if I surrendered my conditions, right? And if I opened myself up to things coming to me at the rate at which they choose to come to me, as opposed to creating these arbitrary feelings of restriction, part of me really recoils at that because it feels fearful, right? And I, I don't know if I'm prepared to surrender control over the speed of my life. I don't know that at this moment in time, I'm entirely prepared to move faster. <laughs> and that's okay. I honor my desire to move at a slower pace that feels more comfortable to me. And I also honor that even while choosing to move more slowly through these, these cycles of change, I am still moving forward, right? And there are still dramatic changes taking place. It's quite all right if I need to slow it down so it is more digestible to me. There's a lot of benefit to moving at a slower rate of speed. Not because we can't move faster, but sometimes it's appreciated. It gives the nervous system time to adjust to new experience, right? And it gives us time to, to be deliberate. There's a part of me that's also a little bit at war with that because there's part of me that, that the, the more desperate part of me is like, I need all of the things to be here in order to feel secure. So the thing that I'm recognizing is a need to feel secure in the present moment, which is also 
ironically enough, the thing that will make it feel safer to move at a faster rate of speed. So it's interesting, right? Because the desperation, the feeling of I need to be somewhere in order to feel secure, also becomes repellent. It also creates this sense of I can't move faster because I don't feel safe now. So it's not about slingshotting ourselves into a different experience that feels safer or better or more secure. It's about accessing the feeling of safety now in this present moment. And once I ground here, I am able to move through change with a sense of like solidity to it. I'm able to be the eye in the middle of the tornado of change, knowing at all times that I am constant, right? I'm there, I'm showing up for myself, I'm embracing the change, I'm allowing things to swirl around me in this like beautiful vortex without being overwhelmed by it. Now the other aspect of that is recognizing that the things in your vortex are good things. And that is self-trust. I think sometimes we fear change because we fear that it's going to be highly negative, but that is because we mistrust life. And when we mistrust life, it's really because we mistrust ourselves, right? You are creating your experience. You are drawing things to you. And if you love yourself and want good things for you, then the manifestations that are flowing in are going to be good things for you. (laughs) If you've been hating and punishing yourself, then it's reasonable to be afraid of of change because the change that you're drawing in is, is punishing. And listen, saying that is not to scare anybody. I've been at that point many times. There's always a little bit of a lag time. So you have to be prepared that as you begin to turn the, the tornado around, if you've been spiraling towards the negative for a while, you'll have a few manifestations that even after you change your mind and begin spiraling towards the positive, you'll have a couple of ma- manifestations from the period of time in which you were spiraling in the negative that still flow in. And that's just because there's a lag time. So that's actually a beautiful window of opportunity when you are still attracting the negative experiences, but you now have have shifted into a growth-oriented or an expansive or a positive mentality. You get to witness the negative manifestation from that new perceptual lens. So you're able to see it with greater awareness and understand what it is that you were creating for yourself. What's, what is the actual nature of the cycle that you were caught in? Because when you are actively in it, you often cannot tell the shape of it because it feels natural. Once you have shifted perceptually and you're still experiencing the old reality, you begin to, to recognize the full shape of that reality in a different way. And you can really see the contrast in high relief. Um, so it's a really beautiful opportunity to like recognize something about yourself and integrate that new understanding. And then you'll see that those manifestations kind of die out and you'll see the manifestations start to come in from the new energy. So I often describe it as like there's a, like you have this destructive plane and this constructive plane and they have overlap, right? In the process of deconstruction and reconstruction, there's like an overlap period where things are really good and also the old reality is like rapidly collapsing. So some things are kind of bad. Um, And it's just important during that period of time to understand what is going on so that you can allow yourself to continue to focus in on the constructive or reconstructive reality 
um, and allow the, allow the things to crumble, right? Allow that tower moment to happen, allow everything to kind of fall apart and get a little wonky over there um, without giving it too much stress, I guess. You just have to allow yourself to move through the period of transition, but it eventually fades out and then you find yourself fully embodied in the new reality. So period of transition, right? Um, but those transitions are beautiful as long as we open ourselves up to them, recognize what's taking place and be willing to let go of what needs to be let go of and commit ourselves to, um, to the things that we intend for the new chapter.